Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thanking you, as always, for clicking and listening to the podcast, which is available on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts. If you can like the page on there, or like the, the actual podcast that is, sorry, hit notification to be notified as well of new episodes to be uploaded. And of course, jump onto Facebook and search Joe Blogs About Films for the Facebook page. Give that a like as well. This is another extended episode that I'm very much excited to upload and share with you all. I caught up in the week with my good friend Ed and Kyle of Perfect Parachute Picture. What a fantastic band these are from Sheffield as well, so make sure you give them some love and some support. It was awesome to sit down, have a chat as well about their favourite films, music and films, sequels. There's a lot to cover in this extended episode, and we hope you really, really enjoy it. But again, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this episode with me and Perfect Parachute Picture. So, guys... John by Perfect Parachute Picture on this episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Uh, Ed and Kyle, how, how are you guys doing? How's 2022 treating you? Being very exciting, though, from what I keep up to date with the socials. You guys have had a great start to this year. Yeah, it's been good, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're just carrying on from where we left off and all that kind of stuff. And um, really just trying to keep on top of things because it's very easy to just sort of drift towards the bottom of the pile when you're not actually that active. So just keeping active with some good content and we've got like a really good team around us now and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's going really well. Thank you. Yeah. I think we've been quite busy behind the scenes, haven't we? Um, got some good stuff coming up. So yeah, good start so far, I reckon. Yeah, it's it's class to say we've just uh, you just released the brand new single uh, "Don't Bow," which is uh, which is really good, and I can't wait to talk about that as we as we go on in this in this chat today. Obviously, as well, got you on to talk about well your film knowledge really, and kind of just how how much of a, a cinema fanatic you guys actually are, or like on the on the scale, what would that um, yeah, where would you put yourself? Would you say that you're a, a film buff, or um, just like yeah, they're fine? <laughs> I would say that. I wouldn't, I'm not necessarily a film buff, but I like my certain styles and like I'm really into like Tarantino movies and Scorsese yeah. films and, and like, I mean, I had a cinema card for probably like four or five years, but like with everything with the lockdown and all that, it just sort of, I just sort of stopped with it and then never renewed it. But yeah, I used to, we used to go quite often. Yeah. And I think for me, like I, I, I don't watch as many films as I'd like to these days, but Growing up, like I would, me and my dad would watch a lot of films together, and that's how I got into Star Wars and uh, Back to the Future, and and I like a lot of sci-fi stuff. Um, just from just from what I, I grew up with, really. I think you end up growing up watching like eighties films with your dad, don't you? Like I I, I watched all like the Rambo films and Rocky. <laughs> I think I've seen the Rocky series about ten times over. Um, I used to I used to love watching. I think my favourite was Rocky Three. Yeah. Rocky Three with um, Clubber Lang, and then obviously Rocky Four with the nasty Ivan Drago. <laughs> That's my Russian pronunciation of his name. <laughs> you are right in saying that in in the sense that you always kind of it's it's when you when you're growing up you you're shown these kind of new well films or whatever and then they kind of shape you into what you kind of then enjoy yourself you know as you go up it, it, there's always something as you say because um, I, I, me- I messaged you guys before obviously just asking if there was any particular specialties or if you were to go on like mastermind for example what would your special category be uh, obviously uh, Kyle you mentioned obviously sci-fi and, and Star Wars and such and Ed there you mentioned obviously Scorsese if you had to pick out mm-hmm. like any film then uh, that you would be like essentially like lost in a desert island if you only could take one film with you what would it be uh, I think for me um, I don't think it's necessarily the best rated Scorsese film, 
Uh, but I absolutely love Gangs of New York. Yeah, great uh, film. Great film. I've, I've actually got uh, a tattoo of Daniel Day-Lewis on my leg, <laughs> as is uh, uh, Bill the Butcher character. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, is, uh, is, his uh, Bill the Butcher is like the most endearing bad guy I think you could ever come across. If yeah. that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah, what a character uh, yeah. as well. Great, like great yeah. actor Daniel Day Lewis. I like, really, really, and that film yeah. is a solid, solid film. So uh, no, I, I think that's a great choice. It's a tough one for me, really, because I grew up with the with the Star Wars films, um, and my dad being like a like a massive fan of them, um, collecting all of the toys. I remember, like on my fifth birthday, I woke up and my my bedroom had been decorated in everything Star Wars. And Amazing. And I remember I had this Mace Windu figure uh, with a blue lightsaber. Um, and obviously he's got a purple one in the films. Uh, so as soon as my dad found out that the films dropped with a different colour, uh, I weren't allowed to play with that, that figure. So it just <laughs> it's, <laughs> sat, sat on the shelf in the, uh, in the top corner of my bedroom. But I think if I had to pick one film, it would be the first Back to the Future film. Yeah, just because of how iconic it is, and I don't know, it's just like a, a feel-good film for me. Yeah, we all I, have I them, don't... don't we? Like those films that we can always go back to. You know, I mean, that regardless of what time, what day, you can enjoy those like kind of feel-good films. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like I I I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched those films, but I I never. It's like you you never get bored of them, you know. That's it. Yeah, exactly that. And again, great choice for Back to the Future. It's uh, it's definitely, as you said, it's a classic. And the theme, again, just just mm-hmm. absolutely awesome. It's just easy to to hum along to, even when you're doing the parts of something ridiculous. <laughs> it, you mentioned as well about these Star Wars figures. I just want to touch on that because at the weekend, I, I went to Matlock uh, with my uh, fiance and her family, and I went past this toy exchange shop. And as a kid, I'd always wanted the Millennium Falcon, like the the actual like figure of it, kind of thing, or the toy, actually, whatever you know, the big thing basically made of plastic. <laughs> I had the X-Wing, but I could never get the, uh, the the Millennium Falcon. But that changed at the weekend because they had it in there for like 15 quid. And it was just like the inner oh. child was like, you need to get this. Like you wanted it all along. <laughs> you need to get this. So I ended up coming away with the, the Millennium Falcon. And it's just sitting on my shelf very nicely at the minute. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. The nerd that I am just it's like, oh, I could save this money and go out for something like to eat or drink. Nah, Millennium Falcon all the way, mate. Just don't, don't need food. <laughs> yeah, me and my dad went to uh, went to the Sheffield City Hall last week to watch uh, the Return of the Jedi live in concert, um, and just to experience that was like it's just incredible. Um, and I've just forgot how good the film was, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's stuff like that. Like obviously, I remember watching it as a as a kid, um, and then you don't really. I, I guess the Star Wars films, with with there being that much content, mm. there's there's it's not like you might just go back to one film in particular, but to watch that was just brilliant. Like. I can only imagine, mate, when you mentioned you were doing that, I was just like, oh, man. Because I, I think I mentioned that in the with the last guest that I had on, with the last band, saying about I'd love yeah. to go to, like, something like that at City Hall. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, didn't you, did you go on John Williams's birthday or was it, like, the day before or something? It was very close, I remember. Yeah, it was his, it was his actual 90th birthday. Um, what a legend. <laughs> they were saying, like, I don't, I, I don't think there'll be that many um, concerts of this type going off today, especially around the world. Yeah. Uh, 
and then they did a rendition of Happy Birthday, and it was just yeah, I, I love anything like that, like with the the, the orchestra and, and that. It's it, it gives you like I, I obviously I love music, being in a band and, and being a musician myself, but to see that sort of level of talent and and every everything working together in sync is just incredible mesmerizing isn't it yeah i'd love to see it in person i only see footage obviously online when i'm watching youtube videos but that would be ace for you guys perfect parachute picture if you could work with like an orchestra imagine what your tunes would sound with that <laughs> riffing on the violin yeah oh. that's it yeah solo violin solo I'd, I'd love someone to like plug a violin into a big muff and see what would happen <laughs> Honestly, you should that, that should be the that's what you should work to do. Like, uh, get, see if you can. Uh, like, I see bands nowadays, obviously doing these like Abbey, Abbey Roads featured with like the orchestra and such. Like, oh man, if you, if Perfect Parachute Picture were to get there, that'd be absolutely incredible. Just hear like just a different, like a different version of, of your songs because obviously I'm a, a big fan of the music and what you guys are creating yeah. in particular. So the the new tune as well, but throw an orchestra in that as well and onto an absolute winner, guys. Honestly. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, Biffy Biffy Claro did it recently, didn't? Oh, um, have they? I've not seen that one. one. That was like, I can't remember where, where did they do it? Was it somewhere in Scotland? I can't remember. Anyway, but they, they just, they did it because there was, it was like a COVID thing. So they obviously couldn't play a headline show or whatever. Uh, this is a really like vague description because I can't fully remember why they did it, but they were in like a warehouse type building and they were moving from different areas to play different songs. Weren't and it, it was Barrowlands? The Barrowlands? Yeah, Barrowlands. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that sounds, that does uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, but they were playing this. It's when the Celebration of Endings album came out and they were like sort of moving around the areas to different sets that were already pre-set up and they were like playing the album through and the orchestra was there and stuff. And it was quality. It was really good to watch. Particularly Space. Uh, the song Space was just like breathtaking i think like touching on when you as a musician you can appreciate not that people can't appreciate the creativity of it or the like the um composition because they can but as a musician i think you pay more attention to it and stuff like that like personally like it gives me goosebumps to watch stuff like that and i think that's sort of what you were saying then with the star wars uh orchestra weren't you kyle like it's you get really immersed into it and I think that's just what's so great about like films and and, mu and, and like music as a whole is, a, is like a, a joint thing. When you've got a really good soundtrack or a soundscape to a movie, I think it really is, it's even more immersive, especially when you're watching it in a cinema with surround sound and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah well, I found myself watching the film and then completely forgetting that there were, it was being played live and then sort of glancing down and, and looking at all of the different sections and uh, like p musicians playing their instruments and just being like, just in absolute awe of like just the, the space, you know, and it, yeah, stuff like that. You, you make sure it's, it's, it's a completely different experience, but you realize what goes into it, you know, like, um, like films like on that scale, like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I'd imagine it's one of those moments where it's like a, almost like out of body or pinch me moment, you know what I mean? Like an experience mm -hmm. on that that front, like goosebumps, you know what I mean? When you, especially, I, I, I imagine when the opening Star Wars theme kicked in, that were just on a on another on another level when you when you saw oh, that. People were screaming, and yeah, there was like I, I didn't realize how many people like would just go dressed up. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're like wondering what what to wear because obviously it's a city hall and it's like a seated gig. You're thinking, do you get a bit dressed up for it or do? And my dad's like fully fully sort of ready to go, dressed as like Yoda or a Wookiee or something like. Oh man, like, should have done. You, you, can't, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fuel it, fuel it. That sounds it sounds awesome, man. Like it did. It, honestly, what I, I caught some videos that you posted from the city hall, and it, it looked it looked incredible. Um, with uh, with Star Wars, Ed, are you are you uh, are you big on the Star Wars front? I'm not sure I should admit admit this, but I've actually never seen Star Wars. Oh dear, end what? call. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, mate. Yeah. Good having you at all. Oh dear. Oh. Self-ready when we're on tour, mate. That's all we're watching. Yeah, that's I think I've great seen, I think I have seen the very first one, like, as in episode four. But I can't tell you what happened, really, because I don't really I think I was paying attention. Um, I just... It's just something about, like... I don't mind sci-fi, but I also hate it at the same time. That's fair. That's fair. It's just, yeah, that's absolutely um, fair. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry about that. No, but in, in fairness, you've saved yourself like a lot of like headache because in terms of fan base, Star Wars can be quite toxic at times. So it's like you always find yourself just, just looking through Twitter or some comments and you're just like, what, what, what are people's problems? Like, what are they complaining about now? <laughs> it's so strange. I like, I like, like uh, kind of post-apocalyptic stuff. Uh, yeah. If you would class that as sci-fi, uh, I think yeah. you probably would, wouldn't you? To an uh, extent, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I think I, need, I think I need to just put like two or three days to one side and just dedicate it and, and actually watch Star Wars. Let's yeah. do a film, Bob. Let's, let's, I'll, I'll tell you which, which Star Wars film to watch and you tell me which other film of, of your sort of choosing to watch and we'll, we'll make notes. Yeah, that we'll sounds, do that. That sounds completely <laughs> fair. And then blog it, yeah, like there's in like just get little bites and snippets to put on, on the socials of you guys watching these films because Man alive, Ed, you're in for a treat if you were to sit down and watch these Star Wars films. I will say that the prequel saga, I mean, as much as I do really dig those films, they're a strain at times. Yeah, I've heard I've heard bad things about uh, Ewan McGregor in Star Wars. What? what? Who's, saying these that... Who's saying bad things about Ewan McGregor? I'll t- Come on. <laughs> I, I want know, names, heard, I want I've dates, and I want places. I've heard that, that they're not the best ones. They're not the good ones. Well, the pre- yeah, the, that's fair. The prequel ones aren't aren't the best at all. Um, I still think they're better than the the newest ones that have come out. But you, uh, McGreg- oh, yeah, you yeah, McGregor was like easily the best thing out of those prequels. I'm sure that Kat yeah. will agree with that as well. Yeah, well, yeah. and I, as well, well as- I've been misinformed then because oh. I've never seen I've never seen the film set. I well. feel like that our generation of Star Wars as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. I will make that my mission. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with just obviously speaking, touched upon obviously we've been talking about music and film as such as well. Like it is such. I mean, again, you guys as musicians will be able to pick things out probably more so than you know others as well. That like it is such like an integral part of film and cinema. If you take out the music from the film, because I, I remember studying, I remember studying a module at university of music and film, and it is like it's a main thing, isn't it? It's a main component of that film being good. If you've got a good soundtrack, and particularly if you've got John Williams attached to it, for example, it's always going to be a winner. But you take that away, and it just completely strips the film of pretty much everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like when you, it's it's like your senses, isn't it? Because your senses work together with each other, I guess. And when you've got all your senses, um, sort of made a word I don't know what other word is but like when obviously you can you've got like a really cool 
um, soundtrack or uh, like soundscape happening, it, it really does build tension and and it it just makes the whole experience better, doesn't it? It's more immersive, yeah. that kind of thing. Definitely. It's like if you think of like, for example, when you say Jaws, the, you, you instantly get the you know the music in your head, or like Jurassic Park and such. So it's like it is a, a massive a massive component within cinema. It's just, and again, that's one of the reasons why like I would love to see something like you saw Kyle of sitting down and watching a film with like the the, the orchestra, you know, playing the the music in the background. Because yeah, it just it'd be just awesome, especially like because I know that City Hall have had some great films as well, haven't they? They've had like I think Jurassic Park was there at one point. Um, yeah, that would have well, been awesome to have watched. Um, a run of pretty much most of the classic films, um, but I, I can definitely recommend anything by John Williams because you don't even. You, there's times when it's it's almost silent and the, and there's still something happening. Yeah, and you don't even really notice, but it's like the scene when they're on the um, the craft and they're they're just about to uh, chuck him into the pit. And yeah. they're sort of like looking, the characters are looking at each other and uh, the suspense on that, they, it's like, it's so quiet, but it adds such a dramatic effect. Yeah, you're making me want to watch Return of Jedi again, man, honestly. I'm there like, oh my God, I'm going to have to finish this and just like watch this film. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like John Williams was just incredible at that, that stuff. Doing that as as like creating pieces for film, it's just yeah, wow. <laughs> what a career he's had though, isn't it? It's just amazing what he's done. Yeah, the the, the back catalogue he's got is 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 extraordinary. So yeah, big up John Williams. Um, <laughs> what was the last film that you guys both watched uh, separately or, or together? Like, what what was the last film that you guys have checked out? Oh, um, I really like um, like war films. Like Saving Private Ryan is like the best in my opinion war film that there is and i've yeah. I watched a lot of different ones like really like we were soldiers before mel gibson became a massive racist himself as a massive racist anyway but um yeah like 1917 and that stuff but i watched a really cool film on netflix recently called the war below okay and it was um it's like about world war one where the tunnelers so they dig under the trenches and they go under german lines and that kind of stuff and they plant bombs uh, in order to set minds off to reduce the length of the war and that kind of stuff uh and yeah i watched that and it's really good it's it's got like a re- it's like a really independent vibe but it's it's just really good film so yeah. i definitely recommend watching that it's on netflix oh brilliant yeah thanks for the recommendation i've not heard of that one actually i've just been checking it out now on imdb and there's not like you say there's no one in the cast that's jumping out either so uh, yeah that's definitely Definitely one that I'll add straight to the list, and if it's on Netflix, even better. Like <laughs> just uh, yeah, start yeah, streaming. Yeah. yeah, thanks, though, man. That's a really great recommendation. Uh, like I said, I, I also I think the last like war film I think I've I've watched. I think it probably would have been 1917, which again was um, I thought was was a, was a great piece of cinema. The one shot aspect of it, I thought that was great. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good recommendation. Thanks, man. The scene, um, where it, the scene yeah, the scene in 1917 where he's like running through that like town or village or whatever and he, he's getting shot at and and it's like pitch black that is that's like so tense i remember watching it in the cinema thinking this is incredible really yeah and and it's it's just one of those as well with any film like that you just you can't help but like just think like how horrifying that must have been as a soldier seeing those things you know happen on a daily basis or even having to know, like, yeah. say those yeah. through those circumstances it's it's horrendous it, they're always so thought-provoking and moving 
Um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think it was Sam Mendes, I think, who directed 1917. Yeah, um, I think he did a, a, a really excellent job to kind of, not only from a cinematic and, and cinematography standpoint of of doing it all in one shot and giving us that like kind of yeah that that flow and movement, but to actually make it a compelling story as well. A story as well, sorry, was equally like just just perfect. Really, really great film. Yeah, it was. In terms of like, it's just come to me now. In terms of like, uh, like music and stuff in film, one uh, war film, Dunkirk, uh, was done really well. So we were talking about it. We recorded uh, quite a lot of our recent stuff with uh, a guy called David Glover at Tesla Studios, mm. um, talking about like soundscapes and that kind of stuff and putting it in our music. And in Dunkirk, uh, I'm not sure who the composer was, but they use a thing called a shepherd's tone. So a shepherd's tone is basically where you use the same notes, and if you were doing it on a bass or a guitar, uh, you like tremolo pick, so you pick really fast, and then you just kind of slide down the uh, the neck of the guitar, hmm. and you would just layer up that over and over, but starting at a different note, so starting a bit further up the neck. So basically, it's the same notes over and over, but it sounds like it's continually getting higher and higher wow. until it stops. So they used a lot of stuff like that. And we we did that in a song that we put on the White Walls EP called Below. You can hear that underneath. Uh, we use a thing called a shepherd's tone. So uh, I hope I explained that well enough. But basically, it just adds tension. Yeah, no, no a great explanation. Because I was double checking as well, because I, I had a feeling, because Dunkirk was done by Christopher Nolan, and I was like, I'm, I'm certain yeah. it'll be Hans Zimmer that did the music, and it was. Yeah. Uh, and again, he, he's up there as well in terms of composers. So he, he, he yeah, he could whip up a good, uh, a good soundtrack. So um, and sadly for me, like Dunkirk is still a film I've not seen. For all my sins, I've still not seen that one. And I love Nolan's films. I can't believe I've still not seen it. Yeah, it's it's a weird take on on like on war films as as a piece. But I think because it's like it's, it's like, over a few hours or, or a few days rather than like a long period of time that some war films are like yeah. like Pearl Harbor or that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a really yeah. poor comparison, but. Um, yeah, Dunkirk. It just feels tense throughout Dunkirk. Yeah. Like it never like relents. It's like uh, it's split between like the story is split between the land, the sea, and the sky. I think if that if I'm correct. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, the, yeah. From the from the trailer, I remember seeing like the first teaser for it, thinking I need to see this film. But for whatever reason, I I, I know that I know that because like you said earlier with the cinema cards, like I've still got mine. But at the time, I, I was like booking to see it, and then something had come up that meant I couldn't go to see it. I think I ended up booking to see this film like three or four times, and each time just couldn't make to see Dunkirk. And now it's like four or five years later, and I'm still sat here like, why have I not seen this bloody film? <laughs> Yeah, so definitely, I would definitely um, put that on your list to watch. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good reminder in fairness. I forgot about it until now. I was like, oh yeah, I, I need to see this film. Yeah, I've not. And you'll I've hear not, that Shepherd's Town as well. I've not watched the film either, so uh, I'll put that on my list definitely. Yeah, it's it's definitely definitely going straight on, hundred percent. But great analysis as well about the uh, was it Shepherd's Toes? Yeah, it's called a Shepherd's Town. Nice. But what about yourself, um, Carl? Sorry, what was the last film that, that you checked out? Well, it's uh, <laughs> the last, the actual, the last film that I watched was School of Rock. Oh, uh, mate! Oh, what a classic! Just, just a classic. But yeah, it just I find myself now watching a lot of uh, films that I'm more familiar with. That's mm. just like easy watch, and I might not make it through all of it, or you know, for various reasons, or like I might be doing some admin, or stuff on the computer and 
I, I just like having it on in the background. Uh, I, to be honest, I <laughs> I haven't been um, I haven't been to the cinema for a, a long time. The last thing I watched in in the cinema was the new Spider Man movie, um, and yeah, that was that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I was, it's glad that I'm glad that someone's seen it anyways because the last guest I on they were like oh yeah I've not seen that yet. I'm like what <laughs> have, <laughs> like, I swear have you seen it Ed are you, are you into Spider-Man no um, I don't mind I, I used to I watched like all the Tobey Maguire ones yeah but then I've not seen any of the Spider-Man films since unbelievable. then unbelievable so, honestly that's, that's, yeah. get that to your list are you, again the, 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 there's only so many people that I've spoke to that haven't seen it so it's quite it's more it's more strange hearing someone hasn't seen it than, than yeah. if they have <laughs> see yeah I, Family, uh, like my brother and my, my dad, um, they're, they're massive Marvel fans. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's really, I don't have a choice because I I don't want it to be spoiled for me. Um, so I, I have to go and watch it. I, I, I won't say that I'm a massive Marvel fan, but I can appreciate the, the universe, you know, and everything. Yeah. But yeah, that film, it just felt very... Uh, I don't know what the word is, but it just it just felt like it was tying everything in, like in the in a great way as well. Yeah, no, I absolutely, completely agree. Uh, I've been arguing with myself ever since seeing the latest Spider-Man. If it is probably my favorite ever superhero film, um, and and. I, I've seen it that many times at the cinema. I think I'm going to have to say it probably is. You know what I mean? Like it, it was such a, yeah. a, a great service for the fans, really, and uh, yeah, just a just a grand uh, grand experience in the cinema, which I'm sure you'll agree. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was electric, definitely. It's funny because I was looking up as well, because uh, obviously, Ed, you mentioned obviously about Scott, you, you've obviously been a big fan of Scorsese, and it's like some of the comments he's made at Marvel and such, it's like he's genuinely not a fan, is he? Absolutely, no, he, he absolutely does not like Marvel it whatsoever. Films, <laughs> yeah, he, he's not a fan. He definitely hates Marvel films, doesn't he? Yeah, to so quote. It's not real cinema. Yeah, that's literally it. It's just not cinema. It's like closer to theme park rides, which I do understand yeah. his point because, like, like I say, Martin Scorsese is like, you know, what? Well, again, an absolutely incredible director and filmmaker. Um, so I can understand when you know these films just keep coming out every so many months. You know what I mean? That it must kind of be frustrating in a way. But the the thing is, it's that there's there's an argument for 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 and against for me. Like I I do respect what he's saying, but I think that if that's not your taste, that's fine. Just just leave it be, kind of thing. Because um, mm -hmm. a lot of lot of team and, and hard work do go into making the Marvel films. Um, it's just that they are at the minute the 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 kind of go to for for people to watch, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are definitely. Yeah, they're, they're the the I guess the main part of cinema at the moment, aren't they? Stuff like Marvel and Marvel Universe films and stuff like that. It's There's just so Disney. Different. Just Disney have taken yeah. over cinema. Basically, they're buying everything. They're like, oh, and Fox now they've got. Like, I don't know, like, just an, a huge, they are literally like the Empire from Star Wars now, but it, it, maybe not as sinister as like the actual Empire. But, do you know what I mean? They're like just ruling the galaxy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely uh, check out Spider Man, Ed, if you, uh, if when you do get a chance. He'll be out, he'll be out on DVD soon, anyways. Yeah, I will, I will definitely check it out. What's I'm, uh, I'm, I'm wanting to see the new uh, Jackass film because uh, that came out last week, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Oh. Yeah, I'm. I'm not good with films like that, so I'm like not in a rush. And like my my fiance was like, "Oh, I won't mind watching that." And it's like any possible excuse I can to get out of watching <laughs> it because I just anything like with snakes or just just pain or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm such a just a bit of a wimp. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm a fan of Jackass, uh, and I used to be a, a bigger fan as a kid, but 
I think I find myself sort of like skipping past like the animal stuff because I'm not yes. a massive fan of including animals in entertainment kind of thing. But I like it when they're beating each other up. That <laughs> <laughs> that one sentence you said there, like I was big on jackass as a kid. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> Bad oh, parenting and all that. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. It's, it, I I understand the like um, appeal to Jackass and such. Um, it's just yeah. It's just not for me. I, I have seen. I think I've seen all of them up until this latest one. So maybe it'll be one that I wait to come out on like a streaming service for me to watch. So I can like you know not have to worry about people seeing me. You know, cover my eyes and whimper at like the sight of something, like a snake or something. Because honestly, like I just I'm not in for that. I saw the trailer of like the the, the like leaning in letting snakes bite them on the face or whatever and i was like that's just awful that's like my worst nightmare <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty, pretty grim <laughs> pretty brutal um well what i'll do is now is i'm going to throw in a few a couple of quiz questions i'm just having a quick look to see um yeah like i've got basically i've got up some quiz questions on star wars uh, i've got a few scorsese but also just a general movie one as well so i'll just keep throwing these at you every now and then um we'll start off Staff, uh, steady. Uh, who directed Edward Scissorhands? Uh, Tim Burton. Yes. Um, have you seen that? It's been. I, I rewatched it recently, and I was like, it's, it's a bit odd, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, it's one of those films I saw as a kid years ago, and I cannot, for the life of me, remember much of it other than Johnny Depp being obviously Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's one of those classic Tim Burton films, in it where. Everything's just weird. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Winona Ryder's <laughs> in it again. A, a, a very young Winona Ryder as well. But it's got that Tim Burton vibe and, and you know, his style of cinematography and such. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's again, it's like, again, one of those films that seems to be like in people's like list of favourite films, isn't it, really? Yeah, definitely. I need to rewatch that film. This is one. This is one of those conversations that you have where you end up just like making a list, don't you? Yeah. I need to, I need to catch up. <laughs> That's exactly it, yeah. I, I am... Um, Already jotting down some of the ones that you mentioned today. Like I've already got what two? I've got like the the, the war below and Dunkirk. Just like so, uh, looking forward to more. This list is going to be like like a scroll by the time we've finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll ask this question actually. Um, which franchise has the most movies? Mm. Yeah. Is it like uh, Police Academy? Maybe. It's... No, it's got it's got a bit um, MCU. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. That's a great answer because Just... it. I uh, I was like I wonder what it is and when I saw the answer I was like oh yeah of course <laughs> yeah it just I'm just thinking then we've just discussed Marvel and I'm thinking how many films are there like there's loads and they yeah. go back for years as well so it is uh, it's crazy how many they've uh, knocked out because like I've said before like after Endgame I was a little bit unsure what they could possibly do but I know that the comics there's so many different storylines and this that and the other but I was a little bit like is have they have they run out of ideas and it's like no no they haven't <laughs> definitely not got to be at least about what 30 films over the last like 10 years or something i think it is close to that at least yeah it's got to be let's have a google 27 i believe um according to the internet unless there's if that's before spider-man or after i think it is 27 so we're pushing 30 now yeah and we still got a few more to come out this year dr strange i I was breaking when i was thinking about that i was gonna like say marvel but i thought does he mean like in like individual films in it like the spider-man films and then like Iron Man or whatever. So, uh, but as like a whole franchise, yeah. It's Literally, how many is the like what you said? Twenty-seven. 27 I think yeah. I've probably seen about five. <laughs> <laughs> Get them on your list. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that I don't fully understand with like, do you know, 
I don't really want to be doing spoilers and stuff, but it's what I've heard because I've not seen the new Spider-Man. But like, is Tobey Maguire in the film? Or like, I don't get that. Like, why? Why is there like more than one Peter Parker? Um. Well, I I, I, I don't I don't want to be responsible for ruining a, a plot for you. Yeah. What you got to do is you're just going to watch it, mate. Yes. It's it's one of them where you can't explain why something happens in films until you watch it, and then you get the backstory of other characters that makes you realise how. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't want because it's difficult. Well, like I said, I don't want to. We don't want to go into spoilers, and and it's such an amazing film as well. That I mean, I would say to watch the Tom Holland films up to that. There's only two before, um, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if people who went to see the newest one hadn't seen any of his films. You know what I mean? It's got that like kind of vibe to it that you could probably just yeah go in um, and yeah Enjoy have it, a anyway. blast. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I'm going to come to a Star Wars question for you, Kyle. Um, and I've just think because obviously if, if Ed's not seen all of them, I'm like looking at these questions like which ones aren't spoilers, which ones aren't spoilers. <laughs> um, okay, what is the name of the Wookiee's homeworld? Oh, it is um... Wookiee Land. <laughs> That's a theme park. It is. Do you want to hear? Kashyyyk. Yep, you've done it. There we go. Kashyyyk is like one of my favourite. Like, I love Hoth in Star Wars, but then Kashyyyk's, like, definitely yeah. a place that if I was looking to go on holiday somewhere, I'd be like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go to Kashyyyk, dance with the Wookiees. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, God, I'm glad I got that, because uh, my, my dad would have let me live that down. Yeah, yeah that's it, like, you state that like, you're, not, you're not coming home, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> This is like when you're on, when you're watching someone on the chase and you're like, how on earth did you not get that answer? And then when you, when, when you put under the bloody... Under the cosh, that's it. Yeah, yeah I can't remember anything. Mind blank, yeah. But I just couldn't think then. Well, got there <laughs> anyways, that's all that matters, so great answer. Um, let's jump to a quick Scorsese question before we start talking about the new single and such. Um, so, Ed, what actor did Scorsese work with eight times on films? Uh, is it is it DiCaprio? It's not, it? but it's you're nearly oh. there. De Niro? Yeah, that's the one. Know. Yeah, both oh, had yes. dirt in. So I thought you were going to get Second. it at first, but yeah, it's uh, Robert Second De Niro. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Do you have a favourite? Uh, oh, no, th- you already mentioned that you score said it was Gangs of New York. So I was just saying, because, like, yeah. obviously... Gangs of New- I, I love Wolf of Wall Street, though, as well. And, yeah, like, film. Um, that's just... I mean, I think Joan Hill's character in that is one of the best characters <laughs> I've seen for a long time. It's one of them, innit? It's uh, like almost like a bit of a... Because I, I, me and Jonah Hill, obviously, everyone remembers him from Superbad. And I think that's when you actually, I think a lot of people started taking him. He'd obviously, probably done roles before that anyways, but I think that was the one that kind of shit changed people. Their in, thoughts, like it yeah. changes, like kind he of acting style. Well. Yeah. He was in a film called Moneyball with Brad Pitt. He was, uh, yes, yeah. that was. that. Yeah, yeah another um, complete kind of different character for him, wasn't it? And that was like full-blown drama. And yeah. he played a really good character in that. And yeah, I love that film. I find yeah. it quite emotional as well. I don't know why. It's only about baseball, but it's really good. <laughs> Crying at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, uh, Scorsese, I, I really love The Departed. I think that's... Yeah. The, I mean, when you talk about soundtracks, like, The Departed soundtrack is just insanely good. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, punk and it's Boston and stuff. So yeah. it's just... It's really good. I love a good soundtrack. I love a good movie soundtrack. Is there a film... That if if you were given because I I think I asked this to the guy, my previous guest that Zane Lowe got loads of artists I don't know if you remember back in the BBC Radio One days for him where he got like loads of artists to create new songs 
and and rework the soundtrack for the film Drive, which is one of my all-time oh, yeah, favorite films. Thought you were going to say that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like what he did at all. Like I didn't. I think no. Bring Me were on there, and it just didn't. I don't know. Like it just for me, the the aesthetics of Drive comes with the soundtrack. That's what the you know it, you can't take that away. Yeah, like the genre of that film is like neo, yeah, uh, like noir, and it? and like it's really synth wavy that that soundtrack anyway. It is, yeah, it yeah, really I think is. Biffy were on there as well, and that's like one of the few things that Biffy did that I weren't a fan of. I'm sure Biffy were on that. They may have, they may have been. There were a good. The, the, all the names involved were like you know, kind of semi big, if not like big names, kind Massive. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just didn't like what he did. But it, it, it always gets me thinking with with that kind of approach and re, you know reworking soundtracks. If you were like, just it didn't have to be like you, you weren't. Say you were given the opportunity to to rework a film and and kind of throw your sounds to it. Um, is there a film that you'd love to be like? I'd love to have a crack at reworking that soundtrack and making it, you know, a perfect parachute picture. I think, do you know, like, we were, like when we were talking about Rocky earlier with like all the power ballads that are in that, it'd be yeah. quite cool to try and like cover in like a noise Rocky style, like some big power ballad tracks, like wow. Hearts on Fire or that kind of stuff. I would love that. Like, can you can you, <laughs> can you just do that anyways? Because like, just release an album just of, of you guys covering power ballads, please. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? Let's do it. Let's get, let's get on the phone, make some phone calls. Eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Please do. That'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> Two fighters did the Bee Gees thing, didn't they? Yes, they and did. Like, yeah, yeah. That, uh, so, I mean, do we need to be like fifty before we do stuff like this? Do we need to be like super established before we start getting all like, uh, I suppose, what's the word? Like, kind of vanity projects. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you do want to wait that long and then eventually do it when you are like 50, we can come back to this podcast episode and be like, I heard it first here. <laughs> Speaking of Foo Fighters, though, briefly, they've got a film coming out as well, haven't they? Was it Studio 666 yeah. or something daft like that? Yeah, yeah I've seen the trailer for that, yeah. I just like, what? Well, it reminds me a little bit of what Tenacious D did with The Pick of Destiny. Like, that is a cracking film. Like, it's <coughs> so good. Um, but I'm like, can Foo Fighters pull that off? Dave Grohl is, a, is an amazing, just an amazing guy, isn't he? But I'm like, I, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this yeah. film. I mean, I've seen the trailer. Do you know, like, Pat Smear, like, the old guitarist guy in, in Foo Fighters? Like, yeah. he looks like as stiff as an ironing board in it, in the trailer. <laughs> so I can only imagine that it's not going to get any better than that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it could be a, a bit of a, one of those, like, 6.0 out of 10 IMDb films, if that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to watch it anyway. So. Yeah, just for a laugh. It's 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 the kind of film that I would imagine few beers, few sweets, or whatever while you're watching it, it'll go down an absolute tree. I'd imagine it'd be great. Definitely, yeah. The the pick of destiny. I mean, I, I, mean, I watched that a few times, and it's uh, as a musician and stuff, it's like really funny and and enjoyable. But it, it didn't get very good reviews, did it? And then <sighs> I can't remember. I can't remember the song that the Tenacious D came out with after a few years after the pick of destiny, and like one of the lyrics was like. People lasering off the D tattoos because the, the film was so bad. Oh, <laughs> I, I honestly didn't think it was that bad. I, I thought it was. I, I I remember buying the album, The Pick of Destiny, obviously that, that went with the film, and I and like this is might be controversial to any Tenacious D fans that are listening, but I preferred The Pick of Destiny to their first album. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's more 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 I do like the first one. I know it's got, you know, the, the absolute belt, you know, winning tracks on there, Tribute, Wonder Boy, this, that, and the other. Um, I just really enjoyed the pick of Destiny as a whole. I just, there's so many, like, laugh out loud yeah. lyrics that were in there. And you, well, yeah. there are, there's that in the first album as well. But I don't know, like, I think because I was, I, I'm a bit, um, what's the words? I, I'm forgiving towards the film, I think, because it was a good laugh. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed the film as a as a music as a fan of like Jack Black and and that, but yeah. I think overall it didn't. But then you do kind of get sometimes some films that you that you that you really enjoy, and then you look on like Rotten Tomatoes and it's got like ten percent or something. <laughs> it's You're thinking, like, yeah, Rise of the Phoenix said that song. Rise about, of the Phoenix. Yeah, they're on about. Yeah. Rising again. <laughs> Rising from the ashes of uh, the pick of destiny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great record though, isn't it? The uh, when they came out with that one, Rise of the Phoenix. But no, I I I, I do. Jack Black's a great actor as well, and it's nice to see that like he's still. Um, what's the word like just still just still doing films and still getting like Boring. it's not that he's getting yeah. like silly roles either. Like he was in like the latest Jumanji films and stuff like that, yeah, which yeah. as much as I don't rate them necessarily it's just nice that he's not been given these kind of like silly roles anymore not that i'm saying he was constantly doing silly roles but you know he seemed to be typecast is what i'm getting at i think yeah. it was good tape but i don't it didn't feel like jumanji yeah. like it, it it felt great as like a standalone like take on that kind of subgenre. but it it I don't. They just shouldn't have called it that. I don't think. I I, I would agree with that, Kyle. I think I completely. For me, like the weird thing, I'm, I've not seen the the second reboot. The, don't know whatever it's called. The next level Jumanji, the third yeah. Jumanji film or whatever. Then um, I, I don't like. I don't like including them in. I, I'm like they're all separate to me. Like the original Jumanji is always the best. But I remember yeah. starting watching the um, the second one that they came out with, like Welcome to the Jungle, whatever it was called, um, and. Um, I, at first, I was enjoying it, and then as the film went on, I was like, "Oh, this is just this isn't Jumanji. They've they've killed it. Like it's just a bit. It just felt like you said like a an action adventure film that should be separate from Jumanji." Yeah, I don't think I've I don't think I've seen the Welcome to the Jungle. Is it? I, I can't remember what the names are called. Let me have a look because there's Jumanji. Um, so there's Jumanji. Well, yeah, Welcome to the Jungle was 2017, and then the one that came after it was the Next Level. Um, right. Which I've, I, I think because I was a bit like I didn't enjoy, you know, the, the previous one. I was like, I don't want to. There's no point in me watching it because I'll just come out being like, no, this is just not for me. This. I quite enjoyed them. To be fair, I thought they were all right. But yeah, I get. What like, I guess for like a, a purist fan of Jumanji, like the original Jumanji, like Robin Williams, I really like the little um, like hint to Robin Williams in it because they come across this like where he's. Uh, like scribed his name into a tree or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. That was a nice touch. Yeah, like Alan. Oh, what was his surname? But it didn't, didn't it say something like either his full name or like Alan was here or something like that. I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was a nice touch, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can't believe I can't believe we're this far into like uh, into this uh, podcast about film and I've not mentioned Mrs. Delphire. Oh, <laughs> have you not, guys? Like, listeners, if you're not <laughs> say if you're not familiar with Perfect Parachute Picture, obviously a Go listen to their music; it's incredible. But also, they've got the greatest like drum skin and greatest like merch T-shirt. Is the T-shirt still available as well, uh, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. Yep, they've got a great T-shirt and they say drum skin of uh, of, of Mrs. Doubtfire giving uh, giving the finger with the PPP uh, the PPP logo on it is so good. Like, was that just like when you when you put that together? Were you like this? Was it like a spur of the moment thing, or was it just I don't know? Like, how did it? How did that I'm come sure. about? Anyways, I'm sure we were like we were at practice one time and. Uh, we were like discussing what to put on a drum skin or Kyle's bass drum skin, and then 
you one of us said something about Mrs. Doubtfire and we were both just like, yep, let's get Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> on it. Because it's just so randomly pointless that it just it's just funny. And then we always get people like asking us why and that kind of thing. And we were just like, dunno. It just it just happened. And like I just find it really funny that like because it's from the scene, you know where uh Robin Williams' character well, Mrs. Doubtfire is looking out over the uh, like the driveway of the house yeah. and like Pierce Brosnan, I can't remember what he's called in it, but uh, she like waves at him and then sticks a finger up at him <laughs> as he's back turned and then just waves waves again when he turns back around. Um, so it's like from that, but then obviously we've got like the PPP hand tattoo and the upside down cross yeah. on the face. It's just that's isn't it? It's just great, honestly. It's such a, it's it's iconic in itself. Like you could never get rid of that ever. Don't ever get rid of it. It's so good. And and as I say, you can get it on a t-shirt, listeners. So make sure you do, because yeah, what a what a yeah, great shout um, to bring that up, Kyle. Because yeah, I, even I, I would not mention that until now is ridiculous. I mean, either, so it's all right. Um, but we put it on as you know, Joe. When we um, when we put it on the Sheffield. The road going to Sheffield, the Sheffield Parkway, we put it on the big billboard. You did, yeah. yeah. Again, that were amazing. And Sheffield Star got involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of surreal in a way, obviously, not only to see it on that like billboard, but then to like I said, if the star were getting involved as well. Like I bet yeah. that was kind of a surreal moment when you're like re- you've got an article essentially about you guys. There was just a lot yeah. of air around it and like I remember the article said something like old lady swearing on the parkway and then <laughs> People in the comments are like, what are you on about, old lady? <laughs> and like, I just like sat through about, there must have been about 80 comments just on the on the original post of people just being like, oh, what's this? And yeah. other people like, oh, genius, check these out. And this, like, and it, my yeah. favorite comment, My favourite comment on that was like, it, that really made me laugh from someone on the Facebook post was like, Sheffield Star reporting on absolute shite once again. <laughs> You're there like, thank you, we're here all night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I, I was just pressing refresh. I was loving it. Yeah. Oh, mate, it was, it was so good. It was so good to see. And uh, yeah, awesome. Um, just, just great publicity as well. It was just fantastic. And what a great iconic image for you guys. I, I love it anyways. And it's a, just awesome design. And, and yeah, just excellent to feature Mrs. Doubtfire. She's like the third member of the band. Yeah, she is. Really. Well, speaking of, everywhere we go. Yeah. Well, speaking of obviously music, it's probably a good time to bring up obviously that you've just dropped your new single, um, which seems to be going down incredibly well. Um, listeners, if you've not heard it yet, I'd say it's called Don't Bow. Uh, it's available on all streaming sites and this, that and the other. Um, yeah, like, talk me through it. Like, how it's, like you've been on, what, it was It was premiered on Radio X? It's mad. Yeah, John Kennedy premiered it, um, like, the Friday, the, the, the week before it came out. Uh, and he played it as one of his uh, one of his exposure hot ones along with Nova Twins. So that was really nice. fun. And then he played it, like, the next night because he really liked it. And then he made it the Radio X exposure big one the week after the following week, like so the 11th and 12th of February. So the weekend that we released it. Um, so yeah, it's going really well. And then hopefully we can announce some more stuff soon coming up because we've got some like big airtime coming for this track that we probably don't want to like say about it straight away in case it doesn't happen. <laughs> but we're pretty confident it's going to happen. So oh, yeah, it's, it's going really well. 
Has it been like yeah. uh, with with obviously because again you you guys are always always busy writing music touring. It's great to see and it's it's, it's say a testament to your hard work and such. Which is why when I see stuff like this with Radio X get involved or this that and the other, it's just really lovely for me as like a fan and a friend. Obviously to see how how far you guys have come, um, it is wonderful and it's you just deserve it so much. So like I say, it's it's awesome to hear and any more to come. Again, it's really exciting. Yeah, I think as well, like, obviously, everybody's had a, a tough few years and everything with, like, um, gigs and not, not being able to sort of do stuff like that. Like, we've just kept going, you know, mm. and we were working on some of those best stuff through that time. Um, so for us, it's kind of turned it into a bit of a positive um, when it could have just completely flattened the band, really, like it has done with a lot um, of musicians, you know, the inspiration and stuff. And I think to to be receiving the feedback that we're getting now, uh, now that the track's out, um, it's just great because it just makes it worth it, you know. Like we we'll just keep releasing mu- new music until probably we're old and grey, but yeah. it's nice, you know, that. Um, when we're progressing with it, you know, and obviously we recently started working with Marshall, uh, Marshall Live Agency. So we've got some exciting stuff coming up, uh, going on tour in April. Um, so it's, yeah, it's it's good, and hopefully we'll break into the festival circuit and play some play some stuff that's obviously we've got some stuff to announce and that. So it's uh, firing on all cylinders at the minute, definitely. Yeah, so I was just looking at the dates as well because you're going to be playing in Hull, uh, Hull, Manchester, uh, Lancaster, and Stoke in April. Um, yeah, like that, they'll be great as well. Is that the that's that that's the first tour of the year for you guys? Is that correct? Yeah, we've got a few a few little shows dotted around. Um, like we're we're playing in in Leicester on the nineteenth, uh, which is this Saturday, uh, and then we've got a gig in Luton the week after. Um, but yeah, like that's the main first tour, and then we're hoping to get another tour out in, in July uh, to like sort of coincide with another single release, and um, also, as Kyle said, to work with the festival uh, circuit because we're hopefully going to be announcing some pretty uh, exciting festival slots coming up very soon. To be fair, so I was going to ask, yeah, and I was like, I was going to be like, is there any any particular festivals? But obviously, no no spoils. Then we'll uh, we'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, we've got to wait until we can actually announce it. But yeah. We've, We've booked some. We've booked some good ones up to now, and Amazing. it's like I said, it's going in the right direction, and it just feels like for us because we we've been grafting at it for years and years, and it, you go through points where you think, is this actually ever going to come to anything? Are we are, are we ever going to get the support that we need to move forward? And just literally through relentless posting of new music, but also like we're quite good at uh, like marketing. Um, doing our own like imagery and videos and all that kind of stuff and then as well as like releasing good music like yeah that's like the back the backbone of it releasing music that we're proud of and that other people like as well but also just really just working and posting and staying current because i am a firm believer in the fact that good or bad the live music scene at a local level is very um diluted in terms of there's something for everyone mm. and everyone's trying to make it big kind of thing and you've just got to you've got to be the one that stands out from it and it's a struggle but it it just works when you when you do work hard at it um, it's just really important to just keep plugging away 
Yeah, definitely, mate. So it's, it's it's a great point you mentioned. There's, there's so much local music. Say so when I was on the radio you know, before, obviously trying to plug as many of these local bands. There's just so much, and like I say, it is you know about standing standing out in in front almost, and and just making a name for yourself. But you, you're doing you're doing everything right anyway, as I say, because it, it does seem like there's a great trajectory for the bands, um, obviously, especially on the back of the single, which is going down excellent. But I just find that every single that you drop, there's just so much love for it. So it must be just really rewarding uh, for you guys, I would imagine that. Yeah, it's great. You know, that's in a way, that's what it's all about. And it, like, we'll sit sort of like, say, release day is Friday, um, I know Eddie sits right up till till midnight to start watching the streams coming in and, uh, and 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 seeing all the comments and stuff and it's yeah that's like just knowing that we're releasing music that people want to listen to and people are excited to hear means that it's it's even more worth it you know we we like I said before we'd be releasing the music because it's music that we love and we want to release but to to hear that people love it and they're on board with it that that makes it just 10 times better. Yeah. No, I, I can imagine it's, uh, it's yeah, just just excellent stuff. Like, I, I, I'd say regularly how much I absolutely love your music and such and uh, appreciate everything that you've obviously done for me as well. Um, it's just awesome to see it, and I can't wait to hear more. Are we looking potentially at, like, a new EP then or something, or even uh, an album, maybe, um, if, if we aim into that? I think, um, obviously, in the long run, yeah, we'd like to get an album out and that. And, but I think we're really, at the moment, we're kind of just focus on putting the singles out because for a band of our size and the the growth that we that we're like hoping to maintain we need good sing like solid singles to put yeah. out in order to have that radio playing stuff and we are writing songs that really should be in our opinion singles so we don't want any kind of filler songs because yeah. if we did do that we would be inclined to just put it on an EP and unfortunately you do kind of find that it gets lost in a streaming platform and then not really many people listen to it. So um, at the moment, we're focusing on singles, uh, chucking out some music videos. So you never know, you might get a knock on your door, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, a, a mate. Music video. <laughs> um, you know that my door is always open for that. And again, like I just mentioned, I fully appreciate everything, uh, you know, that you guys have done, obviously allowed, included me, sorry, within uh, within that music video world anyways. It's uh, it's awesome to, to be part of that. We're really lucky because because we've been going at it for a long time, we've met a lot of good people and, we, and we've kept contact with people who first and foremost we see as friends and then secondly like people who are really talented in what they do and that's just something that we've been really keen to concentrate on because you can't have enough of that you can't like take for granted the meetings with people who in theory you could help each other develop and actually help each other out because i mean some of the music videos for example that you've done are, are incredible like quality stuff that maybe some other bands won't be lucky enough to find someone like yourself like oh, a mate that can do that so <laughs> it's it's really good it's something that we're really grateful for yeah no th thank you man i say it's it's, it's honestly it's such a privilege to be part of it and and big up as well to uh, long chalk media as well for 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 doing some excellent work with you with you guys as well like i think most of the videos i've shot have been with with uh, with Chris at Long at Long Chalk and uh, he he knows how to shoot a video, doesn't he? He knows how to, to create something great. Yeah, yeah. Chris, yeah. And I mean, it just shows he's out he's out working in America at the minute. So, yeah, um, he is. Whether, whether or not we'll be able to sort of uh, get get him back uh, get him back to chef for uh, 
<laughs> for another video. Um, no, I'm sure he'll, he'll work with us in the future on some new stuff. But yeah, he just a brilliant guy. Again, another another one of our friends um, that we've sort of grown grown with uh, as a band. And like Ed was saying, they're they're the kind of relationships that you need around you because that's that's how you grow. And and that's and it's great for us to see uh, other people's growth as well. You know, and what they do and what they love doing. So it's it's a win win really. Yeah, man. No, it's 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 ace. I, like I said, I'm always always um, waiting and and so excited for like new music that you guys drop and see what you guys do next. So I, I'm just really excited for again as usual um, what's coming for you guys. You know what I mean for 2022 and onwards. So again, keep up keep up that good work because this new single, uh, as I say, listeners definitely do check it out. As I mentioned, it's available on all streaming sites. It is very very good. <laughs> I appreciate that. Let's get jump back Cheers, to yeah. no problem, mate. No problem at all. Um, let's jump back to a quick, quick, quick quiz question. If I keep my teeth in, um, true or false? Let's go for this one. I've not asked a true or false question before on on the pod. Um, George Lucas's dog was named Indiana. True or false? Ooh, false. True. Point goes to Kyle. It was in fact true. Oh, I was <laughs> thinking. I didn't know the answer either way, but I was thinking maybe he named it after, named it a different character's name. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I think there's a there's a bit of a joke as well, isn't there? In um, in the Last Crusade, where uh, they find out that Indy, Indiana Jones is actually named after the family dog, I think. And I don't know if that's kind of like a little nod to George no, Lucas, no, no. maybe. But I, that's what kind of intrigued me. I was like, oh, maybe maybe that was it then. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a reference to that. It's a great film as well. Well, I, I, yeah, all Indiana Jones. Well, actually, I was going to say all of them are great, but then that, nah, actually, I take that back because uh, what was it, Kingdom of the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or something? Daft yeah, like that, that one just... where he's like, where he's just nipping into the post office to cash his pension in, just like mid fight scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it always makes me laugh at the start of that film when he somehow like escapes that massive explosion by getting in a fridge. It's like, are you what? <laughs> like, like, it's just silly. Um, yeah, not not the best, not the best at all. Um, here's another one for you, which again, kind of, I, I was surprised at. Uh, true or false? Ah, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Anyways, true or false? Titanic the movie costs more to make than Titanic the ship. True. It's got to be inflation. <laughs> false. It's actually true to the point there goes to Ed's. Yeah, it's uh, true. I'd, I don't know what the actual budget was. I've not got that far, but um, yeah, apparently the film costs more than the ship. So. The budget for the film was two hundred million US dollars. Blimey heck! You're surprised at the answer, but then you're like, actually, probably is right, isn't it? Uh, the Titanic's construction cost, I'm just looking on Wikipedia, was one point five million pounds, which is around one hundred and seventy million in today's money. Close. Blimey heck. Close. Yeah, close. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do a let's do a tiebreak. It's one each, obviously, in the true or false, uh, true or false round, should we say? Um, <laughs> so here's your last one. Sean Connery turned down a role in The Matrix. True or false? Mm, I'm going to say true. Uh, well, I'm going to have to say false. It is, in <laughs> fact, true. He could have gone for true as well, but it is true. It is true. Uh, again, something I didn't know. So there's movie trivia for, for listeners out there as well. Apparently, Sean Connery did turn a role down in The Matrix. Would have been interesting to see what role that would have been, actually. He probably died in it. Yeah. Could yeah. Have Morpheus. Potentially, yeah. That could be a good show. Have you seen the newest Matrix, anyone? No, I've not seen it. I've uh, obviously seen the first three. Yeah. Uh, but no, I've not seen the newest one. Apparently, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's got mixed reviews. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It just for me, for me, it was just a bit of an unnecessary sequel. 
um, just not needed. I, I find that a lot of the times, you know, with films like, for example, it's not in the same caliber, but you know, like Independence Day when that got a sequel, like yeah, that yeah. again was just a needless sequel, and and it worries me when companies decides to make a film again, like a sequel to a film that's so many years old. I guess that the exception being that the new Top Gun does look quite good. <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of it to get get some more money in it. Yeah, really. well, yeah, that's exactly it. Cash I think grab. Like one exception to like a really good, I mean, like um, with the Rocky films, like. The Creed films, I think, were like a really good spin on a sequel because yeah. Rocky then becomes like a secondary character to it, and it's like following like his life as just a, a normal person, I guess, who used to be a famous boxer. So I think like sequels like that, they work really well. I enjoyed the Creed films. Yeah, like almost like they're like soft reboots, but sequels uh or what they call apparently the word is requel i think (laughs) you know what i mean yeah so i yeah again creed a great like a great continuation of that like rocky story but having him as like the mentor almost was uh, was a nice touch yeah yeah like what is the what what would you say is the greatest sequel i think like the godfather 2 sequel is obviously renowned as the the best isn't it but yeah that is a good show can you think of any good sequels? Greatest sequels. That is a tough one. Obviously, I mean, maybe yeah, that's I, maybe that's a question for next for your next uh, yeah. Your next podcast. I mean, I, not that I'm trying to stick to comic films, you know, in that sense, but um, Spider-Man Two, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man Two, is is a cracking sequel. The Dark Knight. I think that's also. Yeah, I, 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 I was I was instantly as soon as you say greatest sequel, the first film though that does pop into my head is Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> what what would you say? What would you say though if uh, if you obviously we've mentioned Godfather two there, but uh, have you got anything there you could uh, you'd say Kyle as the the greatest sequel? Uh, it's tough because there's like aliens as well. I love aliens. It's great. I'm just having a look now at like what is dubbed as like the greatest sequels of all time. But my internet decided. See, obviously, I like the original Back to the Future, so yeah. I like the second one as well because that is basically the first film. Yeah, but with the spin on it. So I... <laughs> just having a look. Temple I think of... like I'm not like I mean I used to be a massive uh, like Pixar fan, and I, I think Toy Story two is a, a very good sequel. It is, yeah. I think the Toy, Toy Story one, two, and three are great. I don't mind the fourth one. Um, I just didn't. Again, needless sequel. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I just thought yeah, the fourth one yeah. was a bit unnecessary. Um, but it no, felt Toy like Story two. A little bit emotionless, I thought. Yeah, like I felt like yeah. I cried. I got all my tears out at the end of Toy Story three. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to be crying again at the end of this. I think I purposely made myself not upset during it, and it just. But then again, it wasn't the same vibe, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> The other Definitely. one, uh, the other uh, speaking of animations, I will say that Shrek Two is probably better than Shrek One. <laughs> Just putting that out there, I think that that is a great sequel. Yeah, it's a good sequel. Um, Shadowless is twenty eight weeks later. Uh, to be honest, with you, uh, you want to we want to be looking at, like classics. Let me get down to the bottom of the. I've, I'm currently reading Empire's um, greatest movie sequels. Right, two of the films that we've mentioned are, are, are in the top two. Um, can you guess which two, just out of interest? Could you guess? It's got to be Godfather 2. That is in there, yeah. I'll, I'll let it, we'll, we'll see if you can get the next one, and then we'll judge, try and judge which is first and which is second. It's a sci-fi one. I'm just thinking, one. like, you know, because obviously, like, Heath Ledger won uh, the Oscar. Yeah. I reckon it's probably Dark Knight. It's not the Dark Knight. Terminator 2? No, but the same director. Do you want me to, you want me to give, you, give you the answer? 
Yeah, go on. It was Aliens, right? So Aliens and so yeah, Aliens and The Godfather Part Two are, are listed at number one and number two of the greatest yeah. sequels. But which order do you think they come in? Godfather Part Two, number one. Better be Godfather number one. You see, you would think that, but whoever's wrote this or whoever what team have wrote this have put Aliens as the greatest yeah. sequel ever. Really? Wow. That has there surprised go, me, in fact. I would I would put it up there. It's definitely within the top five, 100%, because I'm looking at number three. You've mentioned Terminator 2. That's in there. Um, yeah, Terminator 2 is at number three. Uh, Mad Max right. Fury Road's at number four. That's, that's, again, a fantastic sequel. And just for you, Ed, Toy Story 2 is in at number five. Oh, there you go, then. Uh, we know what we're talking about. There we go. Yeah, you're all worried about coming on a film podcast, and here we are. Like, you've just nailed it. Dark Knight, we're at number six as well. So we're, And seven, Empire Strikes Back. This is, yeah, this is just the greatest episode of the, of the show ever, clearly. Because <laughs> obviously we're coming up towards the end of, of this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you guys. I just want to, I've, I've never asked this question to um, to any guest, actually, on the, on the podcast. Uh, purely because I don't like to slate a film or like i try not to be i try to see the positives with any film because it's a craft isn't it you know what i mean it's someone's vision and it has to be really bad for me to think my god that is a terrible film but what would you say is the worst film that you both of you have ever seen if there is one? Oh god you're gonna have to you're gonna have to edit this because i'm gonna be thinking for a while uh, <laughs> is that, that that long a list is it or is it just <laughs> no, i'm just trying to think one that like i've absolutely hated and watched all the way through well, either you could have walked out because I think the only I remember um, what this what I'll digress while you're thinking. But I went to see I got tickets to see like the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, the film starring Ben Stiller. And at the time that I got these tickets, it was like a preview showing, but it was that far of a preview. They'd not finished the like CGI and digital effects, so it was a bit of a for me like I I kind of I, I couldn't kind of connect with the actual film kind of thing if that's I don't know if that makes me sound too like yeah, I don't know I, I to say that, that but I, like I, that, yeah I, I I did that with the Wolverine film like Hugh Jackman's like on a, a heist or something uh, <laughs> and it, it does take it away yeah so I think because I remember <laughs> leaving I, I couldn't stay for the whole uh, the whole few I think I watched about 25 minutes of the film and if that and I was like I can't I'm just gonna go I mean I, I wasn't particularly enjoying the film anyways but Add the fact that there was no finished, you know, CGI. It was just a little bit, yeah, bit, bit, bit crap. Um, yeah. But what I will say is, is that the, the film that I think for me that stands out um, is probably the worst film I've ever seen. Um, where I genuinely wanted to leave was the uh, the remake of. Um, do you remember the day the Earth stood still with Keanu Reeves? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that is. Probably, and I love Keanu. This isn't me digging at Keanu because he's what a man, what a lovely gentleman within Hollywood. There's not many of them, um, but you know what I mean. Like he's a great actor, but I just just hated that film so much. <laughs> just bad. Uh, well, yeah, that that was poor. Uh, I, I've got two that have popped into my head now. Okay. So I remember as a kid, I went to see. It's a sequel. A bad sequel, The Son of the Mask. Do you know? Oh my God! Them? Yes, that, that is awful. That was a crap though. Yeah. And also the uh, the uh, remake of Point Break was pretty poor. Talking yep. about Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, they're great answers. That that I can see why they're on the list. Son of Mask in particular, like I could probably I could probably get away with watching and at least make it to the end of the Point Break um, remake. Yeah. But there's nothing with the Son of Mask that I can possibly defend. I don't think. <laughs> I'm just going to go on Wikipedia now and see, literally, 
what critical response it got. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, here we go. The Son of Mask got 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. You know, you know when you see these like low percentages on Rotten Tomatoes, who are the people that are giving it good reviews? Yeah, no, like, that's Who true. are these good review people? And then you could one-up that by being like, like, who are the people that are giving these good reviews, but also who in the studio greenlit this film? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, sure, they sat around this big like table with coming up with different ideas for films, and they're going, yep, that's the one, let's run with it. Like, no, just just nip it in the bud. Get the idea out. It's, you know, it's well done for trying, but no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? Is there any, anything in particular that jumps out as, as the worst film that you've ever seen? I don't know if it's the worst film I've ever seen, but... It might be like I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it, but like Spider Man Three, I think for me was like I don't know. I, don't, I just don't see the point in the film. It was. Um, it was. I think because I remember. I obviously, would have been quite a similar age when it came out. But even as a kid, I remember being disappointed with that. So I can probably understand yeah, just, why that's on the list. I don't know why that sort of just comes comes to the forefront of my mind when I think about bad films. Yeah. And I don't know. Really, I can't even explain what it is that. I've, I think it's bad about it, but it just didn't seem like it should have even been a thing. You can tell there were like studio interference, couldn't you? Like, like for me, yeah. everyone wanted to see Venom on screen, but even I think as a kid, you were like disappointed with the execution of that. And I don't blame Sam Raimi for that at all, because he said all along that he had no intention of including Venom's character in Spider-Man Three. But yeah. like, he just he was in it for like twenty-five minutes, weren't it? It was just terrible. Yeah, just just a bad film, I think. I I actually I still I, as much as I adore the Bully Maguire memes and the gifs of him dancing down the street and the the endless <laughs> quotes that comes with that, you know, I'm gonna put some dirt in your eyes and stuff like that. <laughs> like as soon as he gets when he starts acting like that, and especially when he gets to the jazz bar and he's dancing and he's like this, that, and the other, I can't watch it. Like I genuinely have to turn it off. It's that that's the point for me of of no return. Yeah, definitely. But no, it's, it's, it's definitely. I can understand why you'd probably say that that's come to your mind. It's all, it's it's up there for me as well. With um, remember X Men Three: The Last Stand. I remember as yeah. a kid being well disappointed with that. And I think at the time I was like, maybe just they can't, they just can't nail the, the trilogy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I can't remember. It was one of the Hulk films as well. One of the original Hulk films. Which oh is yeah, Oracle. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> They've done that many of them though. Uh, <laughs> this is it this is it no but they're, they're, they're great answers then uh, it's just been again it's just been it's nice as we were saying before just to kind of sit down with an artist like such yourselves and just 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 have a chat about like yeah films and stuff and i, and I appreciate the time that you guys have, have taken tonight to have this chat and um yeah just hope that oh, listeners again have enjoyed it but also i hope that they do go out and listen to your music because you'll not regret it listeners honestly <laughs> thanks Again, thank you so much for joining. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure, and again, I can't wait to see you guys uh, see you on tour. Basically, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Thanks, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.